Welcome back to the Redbird Report. I'm your host, Scott Prieros. With you today, I have my co-sports editor, Reed Watkins. How's it going, Reed? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, pretty busy week here in uh, Redbird Sports this past week. Uh, a lot of big wins across the board, but we're going to start off talking about men's basketball. Um, last time we talked to you, uh, they were coming off of a 20-point loss at home against Valparaiso uh, to extend their losing streak to three games. Um and then we were worried about how they might perform in that game against Bradley that night. You're going into one of the toughest places to play in the conference, and you come out pretty strong, I would say. And then in the second half, you even build your lead to as big as 10 with, I believe, about eight minutes left. Bradley's defense started to lock in. You kind of fell apart a little bit. You went to overtime after a uh, tough foul on a three-point shooter there to end regulation. And then... Uh, Bradley kind of takes over from there, but I mean to be able to take that team into overtime, I think was a strong bounce back performance after what you did that just three days before. Then, then you host Southern Illinois, the leading team in the conference, you knock them off, and then you host UIC, fall apart down the stretch there a little bit, but overtime you really take over to get the win there. So I mean the way they've bounced back from that Valparaiso loss, it's honestly really impressed me. Yeah, I think this team's come together a little bit, and. Um... It's starting to look like maybe that 20-point loss to Valparaiso was the thing they needed to kind of challenge them and get them back in the right spot. Um, Obviously, you don't want to lose like that in front of your home fans, in front of um, recruits or anything like that. It's just um, I think that kind of woke this team up a little bit. And then the Bradley game, I think, uh, they showed they've showed they can play with anyone, which I think is a really impressive thing um, for this team, and kind of goes along with the rest of the Missouri Valley right now. Yeah, I would agree. And in that Bradley game, they out rebounded Bradley Bradley by nearly twenty rebounds in there. Um, these past three games, though, I think the biggest thing, and I keep talking about this, uh, the way Kendall Lewis has played the last three games has been really a big boost for this team after really struggling. About that three-game stretch there where he went scoreless two games and then Valparaiso, I believe he had four points in that game. Um, but now three straight double-doubles. He's played 122 minutes over a eight-day stretch pretty much, the Bradley Southern and UIC games, 122 minutes. Um, it's I think it's 46 points and about 33 rebounds, I believe, is what he has over that stretch. So real improvement there, and this team needs a player like that. They need the type of player who can lock in defensively, be a factor in the post, and then rebound at the level that he does because they didn't have that before, and that's what they were really lacking in that losing streak that they were having against Southern U and I and Valpo, like I said. But now that he's bouncing back, I think it's a scary team. I mean, you saw what they were able to do to Southern Illinois. You saw that they were able to push Bradley to the brink. I mean, you have this game against Belmont Saturday, and I'm really intrigued to see what happens in this game. I mean, you beat Belmont by 10 last time. I think you put up 87 on them. Is that what it was? I can't remember the exact. Yeah, 87. Um, You were just lights out from three in that game. I'm going to be curious to see how Belmont responds after that, and then especially after this loss they just took to Murray State last night. A tough finish there. Ben Shepard just short on a last-second shot. But I don't know. I this team is starting to play a little more like how they were coming into conference play when we thought they might be able to surprise some people, but uh, they still got a long way ahead of them. Yeah, I think this Belmont game could mean a lot. If you're able to win in Nashville, um, It's no by, by no means is it a must win for them, but if you can go and win in Nashville, I think the turnout for the Bradley game is just going to be outstanding. Um, it's already, I would bet, going to be the most highly attended game of the year. So if you can come into that with a three-game win streak and take down 
um, one of the top teams in the league in Belmont, it just would do so much for the program and then get a lot of eyes on this team, which I think is what they need. Um, you know, the fan turnout's been up and down, but I think um, when you really sit down and watch this team and you get to be around them a little bit, um, like we have the privilege to, you get to like them a lot more. And um, just a good group of guys that are easy to support, I would think, from a, a fan perspective. Yeah, I would agree. And there's a lot of ifs here, but let's say you did do what you did the first time you played Belmont and you're able to knock them off on their home court. Then you welcome Bradley, and you're riding a three-game win streak with wins over two of the top teams in the conference. And Bradley, you took them to overtime on their home court. So let's say you somehow find a way to beat them here. Then you have the Valparaiso game, a revenge game. If you win those three games, and like I said, that's a lot of ifs, but then you're 500 in conference play. That'd be an insane turnaround after what we thought was really rough. And then you close out with Murray State, Indiana State, Drake, and Evansville. I mean, some good teams there. But to be able to, like, this stretch that they're having right now, no matter how you look at it, I mean, it's really important for them going forward, whether that's this season, whether that's the future. I mean, you're really starting to create an identity for yourself, and it's going to be really important for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, regardless of where they end up in the standings at the end of the year, I mean, you look at the standings right now, you've beaten a lot of teams in the top, you've taken a couple of them to overtime, a couple losses and games where you didn't come out your best, but I think there's no one that ISU needs to be afraid of right now when you get to St. Louis, and I think that puts this team in a really good spot. It's not like there's a a Wichita State this year or a Loyola that's kind of set the pace for the whole conference. It's pretty much wide open, and... Um, anyone could be a dangerous opponent to meet um, in Arch Madness. I would agree. I think when this team's playing their best basketball, they can beat any team in this conference, Mm -hmm. really. And like you said, when you get to St. Louis, anything can happen. But I think when this team is playing at their absolute best brand of basketball, they can beat a lot of teams. And I think a lot of these teams in the conference know that as well. I mean, you saw that uh, Sunday against Southern Illinois. So, yeah, definitely a lot to look forward for look forward to for this team um saturday they go to nashville to take on belmont and then they host bradley next wednesday the second edition of the i-74 rivalry this year so uh, a couple big games ahead but yeah it'll be really interesting to see what they're able to do uh the next thing we do want to talk about uh the women's basketball team um continues to just play at a really high level um they're at i believe it's eight straight wins right now big game tonight against bradley to try to make it nine at home um but I talked about this uh, on the other podcast with Jacob. The defense that this team is playing right now is the key to me because I think this offense is good enough when you have a player like Paige, uh, Mary, Deanna, Maya, Kate. All these players can score at a high, really at a high level when they're on. So I think your offense will come to you. But I think the ability to lock in defensively, I mean, their last, I think it's six games, 50 against Bradley, 56 against Belmont, They allowed 68 against Indiana State. That's really the outlier there. 46 against Evansville, 46 against Valpo, 42 against UIC. So I believe I did the math the other day, and it was like 51 points per game they're allowing over the last six Mm -hmm. games. That's an incredible stretch of defense, and you need to be able to keep that up because I truly believe after this Bradley game, you have your toughest stretch of the year, and it's the most important stretch of the year because this is where they kind of slipped up last year despite ending up winning the conference tournament. They could have held on to that regular season title, but this is about when they kind of fell off a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you look at those last six games, those are also all games that they've won by double digits, and I think that's a streak that they could keep up if the defense stays where it's at. Um, 
But just looking at the team, I mean, it's really – there's just so many facets to them that make them a hard team to play because they can beat you from the outside with Marion Page. Um, they can both drive, and then they also have Deanna um, in the post. And just outside of those three leading scorers, they have a group of players that are willing to do their job and play a role and really just make this team the team that it is uh, with all the little things that they do. Yeah, I would agree. And like I said, you look at the schedules, you have Bradley tonight, Murray State Sunday, Southern fr- next Friday, and Missouri State the following uh, Sunday. Those are all home games for the Redbirds. But I still think the game that's really going to stand out to me is February 16th at Northern Iowa. I guess probably the biggest game left on the schedule for the Redbirds because no matter what your record is in conference play, how can you respond after what Northern Iowa was able to do to you on your own home court? Um, it's part of a really tough stretch for the Redbirds. Uh, Murray State, Southern, Missouri State, Northern Iowa, and Drake are all up there in the conference standings. So to be able to uh, come out of this, I mean, I don't want to say they, they could go 5-0 and easily, but I don't know that that's necessarily what their realistic expectation is. But if you come out of there three or four wins in that stretch, you're happy. If you come out of here with five wins, you're ecstatic because then you have just uh, – four more games left against teams that you've all beaten in the past two weeks, actually, um, to try to close out the regular season. I mean, if you come out of conference play with one loss, you're just looking incredible. And I, like I said, I don't. There, a lot has to go their way here because you have a tough stretch of basketball. It's never easy to win that many games in a row. But this team is playing at a high level, and they can continue to do so, like you said, with that defense. Yeah, talk about that Northern Iowa matchup. Um, UNI is just half a game back um, of the Redbirds who are leading the MVC. Grace Buffali is the seventh leading scorer um, in the conference. And uh, overall record is just one game back of the Redbirds. So they've kind of shown themselves to be the top two teams in the league. And ISU could really separate themselves if they are able to knock them off in Northern Iowa, avenge a a home loss um, to the Panthers earlier in the season. Yeah, definitely. So big stretch of play coming up here for the Redbirds. Like I said, tonight, I-74 rivalry. Uh, and then Sunday, they will host uh, Murray State for the Play for K game. Um, so make sure to get out to those games and support the Redbirds who are looking to extend this win streak to double digits this weekend, actually. So big games coming up. Uh, next thing we do want to talk about, um, track and field. Um, continued its strong spring season, uh, indoor season, really, uh, this past week. Uh at the Penny Lyle, or I'm sorry, the Lenny Lyles Invitation. It's the PNC Lenny Lyles, so I got those mixed up. But uh, big weekend for them there. A lot of broken records. Um, they continue to break records, it seems like, every weekend. Um, uh, but, yeah, just, I mean, we say it every week. Jeff Bovey's doing an incredible job with this program. They continue to perform at a high level week in and week out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you go to compete against Power 5 competition like a meet hosted by Iowa, hosted by Louisville. Um, you're get not maybe going to see the team performances that you'd like to see, although they did win in Iowa, the men's team did at least. So um, you're really just looking for individual performances and individual progress at this point in the indoor season, and that's what they've seen. I mean, week in and week out, they continue to um, break their own records, break program records, and I think this team is progressing to the point where um, – they're going to be in a really good spot when it comes to the indoor championships and then the outdoor season. They're just going to be ready to, I mean, put the rest of the Valley on notice and be the team to beat. 
Yeah, I would agree. Uh, though they're back in action this weekend, a lot going on for them. Actually, three different meets uh, spread out among Bloomington, South Bend, Indiana, and Waverly, Iowa. Uh, so a big weekend ahead. See what they do, splitting up a little bit there. But uh, like we said, just a really impressive spring season that they're having so far against, honestly, some really solid competition across the board. Uh, next thing we do want to talk about, gymnastics. Uh, they had th- technically three, well, two meets, and then one of them was a tri-meet. Uh, so they went one and two across that stretch, lost to Northern, uh, Northern Illinois twice by a combined, like, two points, I think it was, two or three points. So a tough one there, but they got, a, they got the best of Winona State as well. Um, Angelica Labat continues to perform at a really high level. She won the all-around once again with a 39.175 there. Um, you see a lot of the same names here for the gymnastics team, and like I said, Angelica Labat's one of those people who week in and week out, she's performing at a high level. Yeah, I mean, the two losses to NIU are, are tough. Um, did what she had to do against Winona State, who um, that was almost a 10-point victory there. Um but it was tough for them competing without head coach Bob Conkling, and um, it kind of showed, I think. Um, they wanted to do the best they could without him there, obviously, and I think there were a number of uh, high points for them, but I think overall they're missing his leadership a little bit. Uh, he was out due to illness, so hoping to have him back this weekend. Um, they've got two meets, um, a tri-meet against Centenary and Bowling Green, so you'd like to um, kind of – have a nice performance at home, and um, yeah, I went to my first gymnastics uh, meet against NIU when they hosted, and it's a it's a blast. I would recommend if an ISU fan hasn't been out to a gymnastics meet, um, it's a lot of fun. Don't write that sport off. It's um, a lot of energy. Some, I mean, you look at anything those athletes are doing; it's just absolutely amazing. Um, even when they don't come out on top, so if that's a sport you haven't given a shot, I would highly recommend it. Um, I kind of regret putting it off for so long, but really impressive um, and a really great opportunity getting to cover that meet um, last Friday. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, we'll try meet this coming weekend here, Centenary and Bowling Green here in Normal Illinois, and try to make it out to that one and support the Redbirds. Uh, last two things we're going to talk about, uh, men's and women's tennis. First of all, the uh, men's tennis team, after starting the uh, – Spring season, I believe they were 3-0 and to start. Uh, they've come up with three straight losses. Now a tough weekend this past weekend against Butler in Illinois. Um, but they're having some success individually in different spots. Nam Pham continues to play at a high level. Um, he always has. I mean, mm-hmm. last year he was the uh, Summit League Player of the Year. Uh, but they just they got to find a little more consistency, I think. I'm, and Mark Kleisner talked about it. They're still trying to figure out some of these uh, doubles do like who they want to match together and figure out what the best combinations are to get this team going. But it's still very early in the season. They got a lot of season ahead of them. Uh, uh, two meets this weekend against Arkansas, Fort Smith, and then Arkansas. So um, we'll see what they're able to do in that one. Yeah, kind of the same story you were talking about with um, the gymnastics team. You keep seeing the same names pop up and um, some really impressive seasons they have um, getting started. It was kind of a tough break. Um I mean, they were off to a really good start, um, but they were playing teams that hadn't won or still hadn't won, at least when we checked in last week. Yep. So um, started to see some better competition, and I think that's good for them and will ultimately translate um, and help them kind of beat that fourth-place ranking they were picked to take in the uh, Summit League this year. Yeah, like I said, big weekend ahead for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
you got a lot of season ahead of you where you're, you're going to be able to bounce back. So uh, make sure to keep an eye on that team because I think they got a lot of potential over there. Uh, the last thing we do want to talk about, the women's team uh, had a very different weekend from the men's team after they went 0-2. The women's team goes 2-1 with a couple 6-1 wins over Eastern Illinois and uh, Illinois Springfield. Uh, just a dominant performance all around, really. I believe uh, their only loss was one singles match, so they really just dominated. Tara Demjanovic and Tiana Zlatanovic, uh, I believe, were the uh, doubles team of the week. Um, last year we saw that those two names a lot. Uh, they're continuing to dominate at a high level for this team, both in singles and doubles. And uh, it's just this team last year was really successful. I believe they made the, MVC, or the NCAA tournament last year, so to start this season like they did, um, it's a really good Really good uh, look for the team. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, doubles team has just been dominant. Really um, has. Since uh, teaming up a couple of years ago. And, I mean, they've been the reigning number one team in the MVC for two years now. So looking to make it three years as they, um, you know, play through their regular season and get closer to the conference tournament. But, um, yeah, I mean, Zlatanovic, only a junior. Danjanovic going into her senior year. I'm not sure exactly how their eligibility is affected by COVID, but, um, I mean, they are just playing well and um, making the most of the time they have left playing together at ISU so far, and um, it's been really impressive to see they are. I mean, you talk about the um, inconsistencies on the men's team with who's playing together. That is one question that, um, at least in that duo, will never have to be asked because they just – Not at all. Their chemistry is on another another level, and – um, they do everything so well, so really impressive, um, and not to overshadow some of the performances by Alexander Abezva and uh, Alana Junkulovska, um, some other names you see consistently um, that have been really solid for this team. Yeah, and shout out to the head coach, Maya Kovacek, 100th win since joining the Redbirds, so uh, that's a big achievement there, and I mean, you can't do it without her, but she also can't do it without some of these players, mm -hmm. so... A lot, of, uh, a lot of good looks there for the uh, ISU women's tennis team. Uh, they're going to be back in action this Saturday at noon. They're traveling to Milwaukee uh, to take on the Panthers, so uh, they'll look to continue their strong start to the spring season there. But uh, I think that's it for me. Anything else from you, Reed? That's all I got. Big weekend ahead for Redbird Sports. Uh, make sure to follow along in all the action on our Twitter accounts at the underscore vedette and at Viddy underscore sports, and we'll see you next week.